Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. I'm a mom, physician assistant, writer, and life coach. Two years ago, I was feeling stuck, restless, overwhelmed, and I felt like I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I had no idea what that even meant. And the crazy part is my life had turned out pretty awesome, at least on paper, but I couldn't figure out what was wrong or why I felt out of alignment. A series of books and podcasts and conversations changed my life and revealed my next journey one step at a time. My purpose right now is to help you wake up to your soul's purpose by sharing conversations with amazing women who've walked in your shoes. Keep listening and the answers to your next step will come, I promise. We're all here for a reason, and I'll help you figure out what that is so you don't have to waste another minute sleepwalking through your life. I definitely don't have it all figured out, so I'll also share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. This is an awesome episode, y'all, and I was really not expecting um, the story to take the turn that it does. So there is a mention of um, marital abuse. So be careful if your kids are listening. And yeah, I mean, this is a crazy story. I think they really should make a movie out of it. So sit back and listen. Hey, y'all, I have Jenny Lassiter here and Molly Brandenburg. These are the Lice Ladies. Welcome. Hey, hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to have y'all. So if you're at home and you're like, what? A, a light? Did she say Lice Lady? Yes, these ladies started a business and well, Jenny started it and then Molly is the co-founder, right? Co-owner. Uh-huh. Co-owner. And so they started a business to help schools and camps and kids and mamas all deal with head lice effectively, safely, scientifically. So I can't wait to hear about your journey. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Jenny, where did all this start? So this is not just a story about lice. It's <laughs> about <laughs> a story about a woman who had to save her life. So I was married to someone else. Um, we had been married and together and married, I guess, um, maybe about a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was treated like a queen. I mean, everything Mm -hmm. was great. We lived up in Cherokee County. We had a beautiful home on a golf course. Um, everyone wanted to be us. I mean, it was funny when Molly would say, I want to have a marriage like you. I want to have a relationship like you have. And he warned me one time and I'll never forget this. He warned me and he said, you know, I've been sober a long time. If I ever go back out, divorce me because I'm going to like it and I'm going to hurt you and I'm going to like it. Wow. And I remember thinking, wow, that's really dark. (laughs) You know, um, so and he didn't drink at all when y'all were together? No, no. I never had known him not to be sober since we had started dating, since we first mm-hmm. met him. He, I actually met him. Molly and I used to be in a girls pop R&B group. I saw that on, I read that. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about that. <laughs> so we were in a girls pop R&B group and we used to go on tour and around with boy bands, like the Backstreet Boys. And we did some stuff with the new kids. And- what? 
we did oh some gosh. stuff with NSYNC and yeah. I mean, it was, it was so fun. And, um, I went on to do some solo stuff later on when we kind of all grew up and, you know, started doing other things. Megan got married and had babies. Wow. And, um, one of the singles that Molly Knight and Megan all wrote together actually hit number two, um, on the, um, hot 100 singles chart on billboard. So what was it? It, it was, I was not Want very me. cool, but what was it called? <laughs> it was called want me and the group. Okay. Well, I kept the name, so it was me, but it was called intrigue with a Y. So I N T R Y G U E. And so he was our music producer <clears throat> and we started dating, I guess, several years after we met him Okay. and got, ended up dating for quite a, quite a few years. I, mm-hmm. I think like we dated for five or six or seven years before we got married and then got married. Um, so we had been together for 10 years, flash forward. And by this point, um, you know, it was in the mid 2000 era, like 2007, mm-hmm. eight, um, the crash happened on the, the you know, the bank crash. Yes. <clears throat> I was in the mortgage industry. So oh. I was a loan officer. And so, you know, our, my world was just turned upside down. Well, at the same time, his behavior started changing uh-huh. drastically and he got very verbally abusive. He would be gone for literally days and then sometimes months at a time and lie and tell me he was on tour with an artist, which was believable sort of because mm-hmm. he was very successful. And, um, did it, did the thought occur to you, Jenny, mm-hmm. that he may be drinking? Yes, but he was very careful to hide it from me. Okay, so it wasn't like y'all were at parties and Mm-mm. friends' houses and you saw him drinking. And No, I could just yeah. tell the behavior was changing. And um, then I found out he was cheating on me with someone from one of his AA meetings. Oh, and, no. And then I found out that they were drinking and doing hardcore drugs. They were wow. shooting heroin together. And this was your husband that was, you know, not, not that type of man, right? Nope. Or so I thought. Yeah. And it's funny. I remember, I remembered them when he told me, um, if I ever go back out, I'm going to like it. Wow. And he was insane. There were things that happened to me during that time that I remember just laying in my bedroom thinking, how did I go from being a preacher's kid, going to private school and having this great upbringing and having this great fun, you know, time with my best friends. Uh, our other best friend was actually in the group with us, um, touring around and now having a career and a, ma- a perfect marriage to this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, things that are so unspeakable that I still can't even believe I'm alive sometimes to this day. Wow. Did your they friends were- and family know? My family didn't really know uh, until towards the end. Molly knew a lot of it. Um, you know, there were hits put out on me. There were. What? Um, yep. He tried to kill me a couple of times. Oh my gosh. Um, he was very physically abusive, but crazy. I mean, he would bite me like a dog and his yeah. drug rages. And if he threw me down the stairs, I actually miscarried a child I was pregnant with. Wow. Were you scared Um, to go to the police or scared to divorce him? You know, I was temporarily in that mode of believing all of his lies that he Mm -hmm. was going to change and 
he was really upset and embarrassed and angry that I found out everything he was doing because Mm -hmm. in his mind, he thought that he would keep it from me and get himself better. And that I would always be married to him. Yeah. And he was really, really angry at me too, that I never really needed him. I always had my own career Mm -hmm. and my own money. And, um, he even told me one time, I hate you because you don't need me. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at him and saying, who do you think you married? Because yeah. I will never need you. Mm-hmm. I will want you, but I will never need you. My mother mm-hmm. taught me that. Yeah. But I stayed for about three years of that. And I remember thinking to myself, I've got to figure out a way and, you know, with the crash that had just happened mm-hmm. and um, our economy was in the tank, I've got to figure out a way to support myself. Mm-hmm. Well, on top of the music stuff and all that, I'm a nerd. And so I have a master's in science and I was working on a continuing ed course um, about all species of lice. And <laughs> were um, you doing that? How, do, how did you get into the continuing education? Realm? So someone I knew was doing stuff like that for extra money. And so- okay. I got kind of turned on to that by her. And so when I was reading the, um, or researching the part about head lice and, um, you know, found out about companies popping up and researched some of the companies and met, actually met a couple of people that were doing it. Um, I thought, well, this kind of sounds like fun, but I, <laughs> now let me ask you, cause I work in dermatology and people come in and they're like, Oh, I love like popping zits. I love like picking at stuff. Were you kind of the, like that? Did you love sort of picking at stuff or it was more the science part of it? It was the science part of it. And for some reason it just didn't scare me. I just thought it was kind of cool. And so I thought, well, this kind of sounds fun. And I read about, you know, like I said, read about companies like this and met some people doing it, knew a few people doing it. And I thought, well, I would like to do this, but I read about how most of the companies had owners that had no medical or scientific Mm -hmm. background. And I was like, well, I have a graduate degree in this. So, you know, I can actually do this and, and maybe take a little bit different approach to it. So it was before I left him, right before I left him, I started the company. And Wait a minute. That's crazy. So, okay. You had all this going on. Mm-hmm. Your job is, were you, was your job stable or did it sort of, was it on the, on the rocks because of the economy and the crash? And I mean, being a loan officer, we were commissioned. It was wholesale. So we were okay. commissioned. So, you know, we weren't making anything. Um, they didn't want us to leave, but people were leaving the industry okay. left and left and right. Um, you know, it was never one of the people that did subprime lending or anything mm-hmm. like that, but a lot, a lot of our colleagues yeah. actually did. And so, um, so a lot were, of our colleagues left and, you know, I mean, it was just crazy. Yeah. So you were thinking like, you I, wanted to start a business though. Was that, I thought, yeah, I want to start a business. You know, I've always been very type A and a strong personality mm-hmm. and I thought, now I would like to be my own boss and I, I need to figure yes. out what I can do to make money and what I can do to have a career and that I will like mm-hmm. and get away from him. Yes. So I started it and it picked up very quickly. Did he know you were starting it? He did. He knew that I was starting it. Okay. And, um, he actually, you know, thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and he even, I remember one time, one of the last times he was involved at all, it was 
during a big ice storm. And he actually drove me to appointments. I started off um, just doing mobile. Okay. And so like going to he, people's houses. Mm-hmm. And- so he drove me downtown Atlanta, you know, in the middle of some ice. Cause he was, you know, in his craziness scared that I would <laughs> get hurt yeah. on the road. And um, so it, it picked up very quickly. And I remember laying there and I knew I had to get the the gumption and the nerve to leave this long-term relationship because by the time I left, we had been together almost around 12 or 13 years. Wow. Did y'all have kids at this point? No, no kids. Okay. No, Uh, the the child I would have had, I I miscarried. Um, So um, one night I um, kind of had a premonition that from my, it was actually, it, this sounds so crazy, but I kind of had this premonition from my grandmother who has yeah. passed on and I could hear her voice telling me, you need to leave. You need to leave. He's going to kill you. going to try to kill you, pack up your things and leave. And I called Molly the next day at her job. And I said, dude, um, <laughs> that's what we call each other. Dude, dude. <laughs> dude um, I heard Moss literally talking to me in the middle of the night it woke me up from my sleep the oh, dog wow. was growling that gives me chill bumps and she told me he's gonna try to kill me and I need to pack up yeah. some stuff and Molly said and I literally said you need to make sure you get all of your important paperwork you need to get all of your animals together make sure because Jenny had two dogs and four cats at this point mm-hmm. so I said make sure you have things for the animals um, and make sure you have your life bag and your life supplies so yeah. that if you need to go to work, that you've got all that out of the house. Wow. And Molly, so, had you been telling, had you, I know you'd been involved and you knew what was going on with Jenny and mm-hmm. had you been trying to help her to leave before this? It was, I mean, I had always told her that I was there for her and, you know, whatever was needed, you know, I would be there. But I think that when you're in the middle of something like that, um, no one can really Mm -hmm. tell you what to do. You kind of have to figure it out on your own, unfortunately. And sometimes women, um, unfortunately, don't make it that long. Fortunately, Jenny did. But what happened that night is even crazier because after I told her, you know, get everything ready to go, then that night. Jan came back to the house and then, and he tried to kill me. Really? Oh my And gosh. he, he was in just this rage. He would, and I've never done hardcore drugs. I'd never been around it or exposed to it. And he'd try to hide everything from me. But I remember watching him on the couch. He would be texting on his phone and he would just pass out in the middle of texting mm. somebody. And he woke up and was just screaming and threw me against a door and started strangling me, trying to choke me. Oh my God. And as I was passing out, I was literally losing consciousness. I was able to grab the phone Mm -hmm. and I started dialing 911 and he ran, got in his car and left. Wow. And I knew he would probably be going to his drug dealer and Mm -hmm. coming back. And I had kind of figured out his patterns. He he went so far as to chain the basement door in our home where he had a big recording studio down there um, so that I couldn't get down there because he kept all of his stuff, his bad stuff oh, down wow. there. And he was trying to, in his crazy mind, protect me from it. 
And of course I had gone down there and found everything, but I knew what he was doing. And, um, so anyway, I, I grabbed the phone and he left and I knew, I don't know wh- exactly where he's going, but I, I have probably an hour to leave. Oh my so gosh. that night I packed up all my stuff mm-hmm. because I knew if I didn't leave, I knew I would die. I just, Jenny, my heart's like racing. I'm like, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> All right. So, so you I got all your animals and so I got my animals. I had a, a few pieces of clothing, my animals and all my life stuff. And I left and, and your important paperwork, and my important paperwork. And Jenny yeah. called me in the middle of all this. And she said, <clears throat> I need for you to please call and find a pet friendly hotel for me to stay mm-hmm. at tonight because I'm leaving and I've got all my stuff and I've got the animals I just need to find some place that will take all the animals and that I can go to tonight where he will not find me. Yeah. So I instantly picked up the phone, started calling places, got her a reservation and she went to the hotel that night. Because he probably would have known where your friends lived, right? Oh yeah. And he called all night long. I, I only answered the phone one time and I said, I will never speak to you again, except for I'll see you at our divorce proceedings. Mm-hmm. And I, he was just screaming and I never answered the phone after that. Never talked to him about it. And I got up the next morning at about 5. AM had had no sleep. I, I took all my animals to a vet and boarded them there where they were safe. It was a vet he didn't know, know of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on time for my 8 a.m. life job oh that, that morning. So how did you feel? Were you still terrified or did you have a huge sense of relief or all of the above? Girl, I was pissed. Okay. So I was pissed. <laughs> you know, I'm not really one to be scared. Um, nothing really scares me yeah. uh, except for when it comes to my own children. Yeah. You know, I, I get scared because I've I would do anything for them. But when it comes to me, nothing really, no one really scares me. I was just pissed. You know, I was literally thinking, well, should I hire someone to chop his body up and put him in a vat of acid somewhere? Or should I just divorce him? You know, I was so angry. And um, I was just like, you know what? Screw him. He comes from a very wealthy family. He has a trust fund. He'll never hit rock bottom. I didn't know about the trust fund until we were engaged Mm -hmm. and I knew he would never hit rock bottom. His family will get him out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started looking for houses to rent. Uh I would drive to my job, my life's jobs every day, Mm -hmm. cry the whole way there, be on time, treat everyone for life, get back in the car, cry the whole way to the next one, white, dry it up go in and treat them, get back in the car and cry. And I finally found a really nasty little section eight house to rent. So I went from the golf course in this beautiful home to a section eight mold house. Wow. And I moved in with, and I, with my animals and me, and I was just determined to grow my business. And I thought, you know, I don't care. I'm going to do, you know, I, I have nothing to do with him. I don't have kids with him. Um, he can go do whatever he wants. I I don't care anymore. And it took about a year and a half for the divorce to go through because he didn't want to divorce me. Um, but I didn't take anything. And, um, I remember I'll never forget my attorney was, um, one of the County commissioners Mm -hmm. for that County. And 
he told me, he said, you know, if you want to take stuff from him, you're going to end up getting killed. I've seen way too many women with crazy sociopath men like him, um, end up dead. And he said, just don't take anything and just leave. And so I quit claiming the house. I didn't ask for anything. And I, I went about my business. I can't imagine how hard that was to leave the house that you, you had all your stuff in and you're, I'm sure you decorated it and had all your memories there every Christmas before things went bad and just to leave all that. I mean, I, I went back and got my furniture, some of my furniture, you know, yeah. um, got some of my furniture, but, um, you know, I didn't take any, so I, any family, money. you got family mementos yeah. and, you know, yeah. things that would not mean anything to him. Yeah. You know, but Jenny, it's like for... that, that part of you, that version of you that was married to, and treated like a queen, that version sort of died. And mm-hmm. then you had this other version that's in the middle of this nightmare situation. Mm-hmm. And then that ends. And then it's, I, I just can't imagine how hard that was. It was hard. I mean, I didn't date anyone for a long time, for yeah. years. I didn't want to. I knew that, you know, a lot of people will run and try to jump into the next relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't care. I didn't want anything to do with any man. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to focus on myself and grow my business and I really enjoyed my business. Yeah. Um, and I was motivated. I mean, I, I would, I really paid attention to it and that's how I actually got into making the products because, um, I'm a nerd, you know, everyone's fooled by this, <laughs> the blonde hair, <laughs> but underneath the blonde hair is a complete nerd. And, um, I hated the products that, that I was using that most of the other businesses like mine still use today. Yeah, And so I actually started developing the product line pretty quickly. And that really just kind of motivated me to um, grow it and grow it. And that's actually how Molly came into the picture with Lice Ladies. This was only about two years after I had left him. Um, It was getting really busy. I knew that um, we couldn't do mobile forever because liability insurance. And And you can um, only drive to so many houses in a day. Right. Exactly. And workers comp doesn't like you going into people's homes either. (laughs) Um, And it's kind of scary going into people's homes sometimes. I mean, we've got a whole, that could be a whole other podcast about that. I know. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like the, the anger sort of lit a fire under you. And it did. (laughs) And you were like, this is, I'm going to succeed. I'm going to. Failure was not an option and it has never been an option for me with this company. It's just not an option. Yeah. Which is one reason we survived COVID because failure is not an option for us. So we were getting really busy. I had finally gotten out of the section eight mold house and I was living in, um, this really cute, actually townhome in East Atlanta. Molly was living around the corner in another Uh neighborhood. So we were literally five minutes or less Mm -hmm. from each other. And I was working on developing the product line and I would be up, I would be out treating people all day. And I actually put the first ever space. It was like a work live space. These, these townhomes were, Uh so most people had a business on their first floor and then lived above it. So I wanted to test out the clinic type atmosphere because I had been told by all these insurance carriers, you know, we are not going to give you workers comp. If you have employees, you're not going to get liability insurance. Mm -hmm. There's too much risk. You need to have a clinic this you this is more medical Mm. so I had you know started that and I would treat all day long 
and then work on the product line, I would be emailing, I was emailing this one guy from the CDC and another guy from um, Emory, I think, at like two and three and four in the morning about wow. stuff. And these, these men that had never dealt with lice and mm-hmm. d- didn't have kids and thought they knew all the stuff. And I was, you know, no, I want this next formula <laughs> to have this. And well, no, we want you to try this. Well, no, this isn't going to work because I'm actually the one in the field. And despite what you think, I have the same degree as you. So yeah. this is what you're going to put in this formula. And um, because the formulas, call- sorry to interrupt, the formulas that were used and they're still used in a lot of over the counter products are um, talk can be toxic to brain cells, right? Yeah, well, the over the counter stuff in the stores, a lot of it is pyrethrin and permethrin pesticide. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never used that. They, you know, one of the things, the first things I learned about lice was how they're increasingly resistant to pesticides. Yes, we see that all the time nothing kills the nits, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, the pesticides might kill 30 to 40%. And even the prescriptions, they, the ones that claim to kill the nits, they don't, we see the evidence, the actual physical evidence of it daily in the mm-hmm. clinics. So I was using, um, another product that's kind of similar to mine, but it's watered down with vinegar. And I mm-hmm. really hated it. It's, it's just not strong. The enzyme combo doesn't work. The person that makes it is kind of cheap and waters it down because the enzyme combo is very expensive. Mm-hmm. So as I'm developing it and getting really busy, I literally called up Molly and I said, dude, do you want to come pick some lice with me? <laughs> I said, and Molly, sure, dude. Where were you working? Some lice. <laughs> <laughs> where were you working, dude? Oh, I was um, actually, Jenny and I worked at the same company, the real estate company. So okay. I was actually with that company at that time. And um, she called and said, yeah, hey, dude, do you want to come pick lice? And I said, sure, dude, I'll come pick <laughs> some lice with you. And that's pretty much how kind of the partnership started out. Mm-hmm. And so did you quit your job? I did. And what did your husband say? Was he on board with it? Or was he like, I don't know. Well, I was not married at the time. I, okay. I just got married last year, girl. So <laughs> <laughs> I was not married at the time. So, all right. So you took a leap and you said, I'll do it. Yes. Awesome. And so, okay. Tell me what happened then y'all had, did you keep doing it in your, um, in your downstairs of your house? So we were doing it in the work live space. And, and as the product line was kind of finally starting to come together, this was about a year after I partnered, started partnering Molly in. I actually made her start from the, the I mean, I told her, I said, look, we're going to start you from ground up. I want to start you as a technician and then I'm going to partner you in in the end, but I want you to know everything. That's great. And that's great because now she can tell our employees, like when we train new staff, you know, I started literally as a technician and I learned everything from the ground up and she really did. Yeah. Um, but in this business, you have to do that. You have yeah. to know how to treat lice. You have to know the science behind it. You have to know how to deal with people. So for me, it wasn't taking a step back. It was really making sure that I knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, and not trying to pretend like I knew what I was doing Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's too hard to pretend in this business. You can't pretend you can't you pretend. Can successfully treat lice. Right. You're, and you're, you're right about the people part. I think that's the, the probably one of the main skills y'all have is dealing with the moms that are scared and freaked out. And then the kids that are like, ah, running around. And I mean, we're part therapists on most days, you know, because I, you know, I've had to people call up on the phone and I've had to tell moms to pull over because they're crying so much or they're hysterical. And, you know, you just, if people have a real phobia of bugs, 
That's and they true. have lice, you know, they're just completely freaking out. And so it's our job to make sure that they understand, you know, all the ins and outs of it. And, you know, we try to make them as comfortable as possible when they come in. Mm-hmm. And to reassure them, it's not a reflection of bad hygiene. It's, it's, it just happens to everybody. Right. Absolutely. So she learned it from the ground up, learned it from the beginning. And um, so we started discussing, you know, and she could see then finally how the insurance carriers were like, no, you know, and by then Molly had had some pretty fishy experiences with me and some of the <laughs> nicest homes in Atlanta. I tell you the girl, nicest homes girl. are some of the freakiest people. <laughs> so y'all were still going into homes too? We were going into homes and doing the little, you know, clinic in the work lift space. So we said, we're going to have to start an actual clinic and just do it there because after some of the experiences, girl. <laughs> well, and driving around Atlanta too, you know, sometimes it's hard to gauge how long you're going to be treating somebody. Uh-huh. And especially, you know, we would drive from downtown Atlanta we drive all the way up to coming or past coming. And then we have to go turn around and go down to Norcross. And then we may have to go down to Peachtree city. So, you know, for us, you know, you can't maximize your time like that Mm -hmm. when you're in the car driving all day long and you can't gauge how bad the cases are going to be. So you you can't guarantee a time you'll really Mm -hmm. be there. You might walk in somewhere and, you know, they, they tell you they just got lice two weeks ago, but really they've had it for a year and a half. Oh, wow. And that happens all the time. And then siblings probably have it too. They all have it. it. (laughs) So did y'all have other people working with you or it was just the two of y'all at first? It was just Just the the two two of us at first. Yeah. Okay. So we opened Alpharetta first. We kind of got a map of the city. I read that. You looked at the, like the demographics and it was actually a client of ours you know we were actually treating in her home and we were kind of explaining everything that was happening and how we're looking for a space and she was so gracious and she said well you know I can help you girls with this I've got a map and I can show you exactly where the population is growing and so she was very instrumental in helping us with that first location Mm-hmm. Because I think what I read was that you know that certain people are going to seek you out because it's a sort of an uh, what did what did it say like an optional service that not everybody can afford, but certain demographics are going to flock to it more. Absolutely, I, you know one of the things that I've always had a good business sense about me mm-hmm. and ingrained. I don't know why. I guess I'll thank my parents for their genetics. I don't know, (laughs) but, um, I knew that it would need to be in in an area because it's a specialty service that had a high median income Mm -hmm. with a large population of families and growing with good schools. So I knew that's where it needed to be. And at that time, the place that was growing the most was Alpharetta. Mm -hmm. So we put the first one in Alpharetta and it, it was, very successful. And, uh, you know, we just started opening other locations, you know, and hiring staff, and hiring at staff point. at that point. Yeah. It grew so, fast. And did you ever go through a phase where you were like, I don't know if this, you know, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm putting all this money towards a brick and mortar <laughs> location. And like, what if it doesn't work? Or did you just keep that mantra? I'm not going to fail. You know, I had that thought right around the time I was partnering in Molly was probably the time I was the most scared because, you know, Molly's been my best friend for over 25 years. And 
we've basically grown up together. I mean, you know, and been through so much. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have the responsibility now of making sure she's stable financially. And I don't yes. take that lightly. That was, it's important. And I can't, I can't fail because what if I fail that mm-hmm. she is going to be destitute, you know, and it's my fault. Yeah. So I, I was really, really worried about it. And I just remember thinking, all right, I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. If I make mistakes, I will learn from them, but failure is not an option. Yeah. So mistakes doesn't equal failure. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that. Mistakes make us learn and make us better. And I made a lot of them. Along we've the made way. a lot of mistakes along the way. Yeah. yeah. And we even, we've even told our franchisees, you know, we've made all the mistakes. I mean, we literally have made all the mistakes that you can make. And I'm sure we're probably, we're probably bound to make a few more mistakes, but, yeah. but overall it just, you have to learn from it and grow from it. Mm-hmm. That's true. And y'all have, I can't believe you have franchises in, states how many states now so we have texas and of course we have athens and we had tampa i don't know if she's going to reopen um from the pandemic we'll see yeah but um but yeah we had tampa uh texas and athens and then how many locations in atlanta do y'all have now we have three okay and how many employees we have one two three four so there's six of us total, five, five of us, five total. of us total. Yeah. Wow. There's five of us total. We had a lot more before the pandemic. Yeah. We had a big roster, but, um, you know, we survived and it's, it's getting back where it was, but, but I think from that first time when I was really worried about mm-hmm. Molly, you know, it's been something that I've just tried to think, okay, we just have to do everything we can to make it better and learn and make it better and learn and grow. So, and we learned a lot, even from the pandemic. Um, you know, we used to have four locations in Atlanta and -hmm. unfortunately we had to let one of them go because we had to make that business decision, um, so that we could save the company and save people's jobs. I mean, that's something that we take very seriously Mm -hmm. is making sure that our employees have a paycheck and have a place to go to work. And we've been extremely lucky with the employees that we have now. They have really stayed with us through the pandemic. Um, they are, they're very loyal. They're very wonderful women. And we would literally do anything for any of them. It sounds like y'all have become sort of a family. We really yeah. have. I, you know, it's, it's funny. One of them, our staff manager, Laura, she's actually one of our friends too. And she's hilarious. She's hilarious. <laughs> yes, girl. That personality doesn't stop. But she, you know, it really made us feel really, really good, you know, coming out of the pandemic. Um, You know, we survived by the skin of our teeth, but we didn't pay ourselves for a year. Oh, wow. And and we learned, actually, we learned a lot of lessons out of the pandemic also um, just about budgeting and, you know, we could see where we were overspending pre-pandemic and that's actually helped us after the pandemic at this point, because now we know you know, what we need, what we don't need, Mm -hmm. what we're not going to overspend on anymore, what we may need to put more money into. So that was also a huge learning experience for us. It it did. It taught us a lot. And Laura came to us because of course we paid our employees and, Mm -hmm. you know, she actually said, thank you. Thank you for, you know, the sacrifice you all made. And luckily we have husbands who 
you know, have other jobs and, and knew that if we could just get through the, the, you know, this year, that crazy time that we'd probably end up being okay. And, and we were, and now we can, we can pay ourselves a little bit again, which is nice. Wow. But, but, um, but just the fact that you skipped your paycheck for a year says something about your dedication to just the business and the service that you provide for all these kids and, and, and adults, I'm sure. Yes, adults definitely you get it too. <laughs> Mamas get it all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, and we, you know, we, we just didn't want to not only let ourselves down, but, you know, we think it's an important company. We have franchisees now. So again, this is another one of those times that failure was not an option. So we can have setbacks, but it doesn't equal failure. And so Mm -hmm. we just were determined we are not going to fail. It's not an option for us. And there were some tears. I mean, there, there are tears and that's okay. But now, you know, there's smiles and there's laughter and, you know, we're, we're just taking things a day at a time and just making sure that, that we're doing the best that we can do Mm -hmm. and really making sure that these families that we treat, um, are really well taken care of as well. Yeah. And yet y'all have a great reputation too. I mean, people are like, thank you. I mean, I have a neighbor with the thickest, longest hair and her (laughs) kids are same thing. And she's like, oh, we'll go there in a heartbeat. And this was before our town had a, had its own franchise, but yeah, they would drive back and forth to Atlanta. And <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Yeah. But Jenny, if you could go back and give yourself any advice when you were in the middle of that horrible, abusive situation, is there anything you would tell yourself? Ooh, how many things would you tell yourself? Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, I, I think I, I, and I try to think of it this way because I, I spoke to a big PTA group uh, several years ago about this and about, it was actually to a, a big group of, of PTA people and, and older kids that had been abused and, you know, how not wow. to stay in the victim mentality because so many women get stuck there and they never come out of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, one of the things I, I said was I had to realize, and for me, I would go back and tell myself, I should have realized it sooner than three years. That's how long I stayed in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I had to realize that even though those horrible things happened and it wasn't my fault, it didn't define who I was. Mm. Um, and I think so many people feel that if bad things happen to them, whether it's at someone else's hands or just bad life circumstances, that that defines them and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And yes, you have to work hard and, you, and yes, you need to go to therapy and you need to love yourself and you know, there's so many people who are so worried about, well, what if this person gets off scot-free and what if this person, you know, doesn't get what's coming to them? Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. What matters is you, mm-hmm. you have to become selfish about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, he never really got what he deserved. No, he didn't. Would I have liked him to? Of course mm-hmm. he deserves to be chopped up in little bits, but <laughs> But, you know, he, and, and he's a, so he is a diagnosed psychopath or sociopath, but yeah, you know, I had to get to the point where I don't care what he does, his mm-hmm. life and his, and whatever he's doing, it doesn't affect me. What affects me are my actions and my decisions. Mm-hmm. And so I could create my own life and my own future and the things that happen to me. Yes, they happen. And maybe I can help other women but it's not who I am. 
there's a lot of wasted energy too when people kind of relive those past things. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it is so important for self-love and taking care of yourself and leaning on your friends, leaning on your family and to the people that are the closest to you. Um, because if Jenny continued to, you know, kind of wallow mm -hmm. in the, in that past, in those three years, you know, even today, she may not have this, this wonderful family that she has now. Yeah. these two beautiful kids and this wonderful husband and this mm -hmm. amazing family that she now has, but you know, it took a lot of work for her. Yeah. It took a lot, but she doesn't wallow in that anymore. Mm -hmm. People look at, will look at me and Molly's heard, you know, even clients will look at me and think, oh, well, you know, look at her blonde hair and she's this little yuppie girl or she's this and that. And, you know, she's not smart or she's smart. She's rich. Well, you know, no, you know, I lived in a section eight mold house. Yeah. I didn't take anything. I had, I got up the next day and went to work on time and I didn't want to go. I wanted to stay in my bed and cry, but I didn't. Yeah. And I, and I remember my mother telling me when I was a little girl, yes, you're going to want to lay in your bed when things happen, but you need to get up and keep oh, moving. Thank you, you mama. Cry in between. <laughs> yes. yes. But get up or you're going to stay in that place. You have to, you have to grow some balls. She would tell yeah. me, grow some balls. <laughs> <laughs> and that has helped me so many times over there. We could do a whole other podcast about me dealing with men in this industry yes. and, you know, and things like that. And what things I've had to say to them and the way they treat it, but you just have to know, you know, I, I know I'm an expert at this craft. Um, I design these products, develop them. I have a, a manufacturer here in Georgia. That's just literally the smartest scientist. I have ever met in real life. Oh, wow. That has um, helped me improve on the Evex formula. Um, he makes, he manufactures them. He's got an FDA, EPA, uh, you know, just approved, beautiful facility. Um, but I, you know, I designed my, the comb and um, worked with a wonderful man named Jay, who still um, kind of helps, helps us a little bit with just, you know, advertising with Amazon and things like that. But um, we're the well, experts at this crap and people well, can't make us feel less than because of a situation or an experience. We've yeah. Had. Well, and the other thing too, is, you know, one thing that we've always said about our business and we've really tried to enforce this is that we worry about our business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are not worried about what any other company is doing. Yes. We can only deal with what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And that's almost the same thing, you know, with Jenny's past experience we can only worry about our products and our reputation and our mm -hmm. employees and our people. Yeah. We don't keep looking don't forward. Look, you keep looking mm -hmm. forward and you do what you can do. Yeah. Exactly. And your courage in telling this story, but also living it. And that's, it's just so, in, I hope it's inspiring to people who hear it, who think I'm so stuck. There's no way I can get out of this situation, whatever it is. And you're right, Molly, you just, re, you have to look ahead, you rewrite your story and don't let your past continue to define you. This girl that was at that PTA conference that I did, and there was several thousand people there. She messaged me um, on Instagram, actually a couple of years later, I think it was two years later. And she said, Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I talked to you for a while after 
your speech. And she said, I just want to let you know that I'm a sophomore in college and I have enough grant money that it's paid for all my books. And, um, and I'm, you know, not staying where I was. I'm actually moving forward in life. And I just want to thank you. And I was, that made me so happy. And I thought, you know, if I could just help one person not stay in that victim mentality and just not do anything with their lives, someone to move forward and actually make something for themselves, yeah, then it was worth it, you know? Yes. And it sounds like you were her light, like for those two years, she kind of kept that hope alive. Like I can do this. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What yeah. do y'all see on the horizon for Lice Ladies? Well, we have a lot going on. We have a lot going on. We have our product line on Amazon, which is, yeah, you know, that's been there for great. a while. We've got the shampoo, conditioner, um, the comb, the Evict, yeah. um, the prevent and the prevent spray. We've also gone viral on TikTok. So if anyone's nice. listening, look us up, Lice Ladies Atlanta. We've gone viral with that. Okay. I'm not cool enough for that yet, but I'll get okay. my son to pull it up. <laughs> Girl, I was not either. And I was home, I was homesick for a, a week. And that's when I really started doing the TikTok. <laughs> and it just went viral. I was literally laying in bed. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. That is hilarious. And Jenny, and then, you have a book coming out, right? Well, I'm starting, I've been working on it you know, saying I was going to do it for a few years. So I finally really started really putting content in it. And I've been working on it every day. Um, There are a few people who have said, um, and there are authors that, that we've met through Lies Ladies that have said when it's finished, you know, that they would help and Molly's going to, you know, help her journalism degree. But I have finally started putting content in it and I want to get the story out not as a bashing of that person, but just to inspire people that even though horrible things may happen, that you can, you can move out of that and move forward and still have a great life. I mean, I have babies now and, yes, you know, I hear your and they're babies. perfect. They are perfect <laughs> babies. <laughs> they will never yes. have head lice. I'm just kidding. They may one day. <laughs> they will. They will. They will. I'm sure. My stepdaughter's had it. Um, uh, yeah. Both of my kids have had it. <laughs> yes. They all, they'll all get it. But well, and the other thing we have for development. So we have a development deal yeah. for a reality show. What? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Nothing may come of it, but we'll see. That's um, really neat. And it's a woman producer too. Yes. So and that. I think yes. so many women can relate to y'all and yeah, I think they would love to see you in action, like live. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be fun. Yeah. You know, show us yeah, at home definitely. how can have families and kids and still go comb some crazy life cases and our staff. Right. Also... If people watch Zits being popped on TV, then I'm yeah. sure yes. they would get really excited about some lice. Yes. <laughs> I hope so. And so tell me where our listeners can find y'all. So we are on www.liceladies.com. We also have a toll-free number. It's 888-924-5423. And people can also email us. It's easy to remember. It's info at liceladiesatlanta.com. Or we're on Facebook or we're on TikTok and we're on Instagram Instagram and Twitter. And that's under (laughs) Lice Ladies. 
Um, Lice Ladies Atlanta or Lice Ladies. Yes. Okay. Awesome. All right. Thank y'all. Thank, thank you, you for having, having us. us. Wasn't that crazy? and inspiring? Okay, here are your take-home points. Number one, if someone tells you how they really are, like that they're crazy, believe them. That's actually advice from the Oprah show years ago that stuck in my head. Number two, pay attention to what you find interesting and fun. Like head lice. I mean, who would have thought? But the science behind it was fascinating to Jenny. Number three, it takes a tremendous amount of courage to leave an abusive situation. No one can tell you what to do. You're going to have to believe in yourself enough to leave. Number four, Jenny had three things that were key to her success. Anger, which she used as fuel to propel her towards her goal. A mindset that failure was not an option. And she had a tribe like her friend and co-owner Molly to support her when she was at her lowest. Number five, mistakes are okay. They make you better and you learn and grow from them. Setbacks do not equal failure. They just mean that you have a learning opportunity and a chance to reevaluate the big picture. Number six, be careful not to get stuck in victim mentality. Horrible things happen, but they don't have to define who you are for the rest of your life. You have to learn to love yourself let go of retribution for whoever or whatever situation wronged you. And as Jenny's mom said, grow some balls. All right, come on over to the website, coachhopecook.com, and you can see all of Jenny's links either there or at the bottom of this um, podcast under show notes. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and, and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.